0: Can you hear me now? (laughs) Jack was already halfway off. Might as well just go ahead and get loose. Okay. Where were we? Okay. Let's say it again. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Let's pray. God, we believe that this is your word. God, we believe you speak to your people. God, I know there's many people here today that do not know you. And God, I used to not know you. And Lord, none of us are worthy to know you. It's by your grace that we're here. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would break us as individuals. God, that you would stir us up. Lord, I pray that today will be the day of salvation for many people. God, that you would rescue them right where they're at. Lord, I pray that we'd all realize we don't have to clean ourselves up Lord, you're calling us just to come to you just as we are. And I pray, Lord, your amazing grace would reach down to the hearts of many people today and set people free. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's an apparent contradiction between what James is writing and what Paul writes in Galatians. But they're not contradicting themselves at all. Paul is concerned with faith that saves, with salvation. James is helping believers realize that saving faith goes to work. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 says, We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Romans chapter 3 says, For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So Paul explains the works of the Mosaic law will not save anyone, only genuine faith in Christ will justify us. The gospel saves us. James is not talking about the works of the law. But the faith that saves will produce good works. So Paul and James are in perfect harmony. The key is knowing Christ and having Him live inside of you. And if you do that, if you surrender, you become a Christian, you have the Spirit of God, and if you're walking in the Spirit, guess what? You will do good works. It's a fruit of the Spirit, good works is. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The fruit of the Spirit, many of you have heard this before, the evidence of salvation is a life filled with what? Love, joy, peace, gentleness kindness, self-control. That is a Christian. If you have a mean spirit the majority of your life, if you cannot ever control your tongue, if you are not ever kind, patient, faithful, gentle friend, you probably do not know Jesus. And the Bible says you will go to hell, separated from God for all eternity, because of your sin. Christ has come to be our attorney, to plead before the Father. He came to take the shackles off. He came to take the wrath of God upon himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And he, he lived a life. He was beaten. He was spit upon. He was cursed. A cat of Nine Tails ripped the flesh on his back. And he went to the cross and was crucified for you, for me, for the whole world. And He rose again three days later just as He said He would. So if any time in this message, friend, the Spirit of God draws you to Himself, you should respond. He wants you to be saved and set free. He wants you to know Him and the power of His resurrection. So come to Christ today. Be set free. Come home. Stop running. Be forgiven. There's four truths I'd like to share with you from this passage. Number one, Take them one at a time. Real faith moves real believers into action.
1: Real faith
0: moves real believers into action. What do I mean by real? Real means spirit dependent, God dependent, leaning on Jesus kind of Christians. People that actually are believers, they've been saved. Many people walk around saying they know God, but they do not possess salvation. Jesus said you will recognize them by their fruits or grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. So every healthy tree bears good fruit and every deceased tree bears bad fruit. Jesus said that people will recognize us by our fruit if we know him. Did you know that there are pastors today that are not saved? That are lost as they can be. They know all about God, but they have never repented and put their personal faith in Christ. They're Sunday school teachers today. They're going to split hell wide open because they don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. Do you know Christ today? Jesus said on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name. Then I will declare to them, "I never knew you." Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Faith in God moves our feet to action. If someone is naked and has no food, James is saying we as believers have an obligation to clothe them and feed them. You can't just say, "Be warm" and "be filled." That's just lip service. See, we have the right spiritual vocabulary, but not the commitment. All talk and no action many times. That happens in my life most of the time. There's a video I want to share with you about Ted Hearn. And Ted lives in the Gulfport Biloxi area. You may have seen this. The newspaper published this. I put the video out yesterday. But he was already serving on the board of Feed My Sheep, a ministry to homeless people. But I want you to see about Ted Hearn and an incredible story. Real short video. We're going we're to
1: show. Y'all ready for lunch? Yeah. Being in the lives of the homeless started five years ago for me. I had a dream in which God spoke with me very, very clearly that uh, He wanted me to get out from behind the counter and get into the lives into the absolute lives of the homeless people and so uh perhaps like many of us i said why don't you get somebody that's not doing anything lord and uh that didn't happen and so uh i said okay i'll do that we had just got started back in the salvation army building doing the cold weather shelter and uh uh, that night, that first night that we were open, uh, some of the guys started asking, "Can I take a shower here?" Well, unfortunately, I had to say that uh, there was no showers in that building, and so uh, I started thinking about that. Now, here's the second largest city in the state of Mississippi, and there's not a place for a homeless person to even take a shower. Even people that were living in the woods. So we started you know, showering two two at a time. Of course, it's two males or two women. Uh, it, of course, started out um, just to do those things for them, but it's it really has become a ministry because uh, when you work with homeless people and you get to know them, uh, I try to interview these people to see exactly what their situations are so that I know how to best help them. We... Uh, it's not, it's not been unusual to have 30 or 35 uh, people come, take showers, and also to, uh, to wash their clothes. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going on today? I was just sitting there talking to these wonderful people right here. He is one of the most wonderful okay. persons I've ever met in my life. I've watched him change so many people's lives since I've been here in Gulfport, just been here at Salvation Army. In fact, he was one of the guys that uh, you know, helped me get my job here. The heart that Mr. Ted has. Uh, I'm 57 years old. Been around people all my life. You know, been to college and everything. I don't think I've ever met a more wonderful person than Mr. Ted. Yeah, I love you, Mr. Ted. Okay,
0: I love
1: you. All right. God puts people in my path, and it's not a coincidence. It was all about God's grace uh, with me. Uh, The reality that uh, I was so blessed because of God's grace in my own life that I was compelled to share that same grace with others. Others that didn't deserve it, just like I didn't deserve it either.
0: You see that, and obviously you're probably stirred. You should be. But your first thought may be, oh, you know, who's this 80, by the way, 84 years old, Mr. Ted. And you see this and you think, well, that's great. You know, he just has a heart for people. i me tell you something about this man. He is a brigadier general. In case you did not know, you can't go any higher than that in the United States military. He is the top rung of our society. And if a man like that, God is called to serve the least of these, then he's doing the same for us. Genuine faith works. Second truth I'd like to share with you from this passage. Works will always follow genuine faith. You will recognize them by your fruit, Jesus said. Time is always the greatest test. On ESPN, you'll see all the stuff about draft night, right? The NBA draft and the NFL draft. And sometimes there's a lot of hype about certain players, but they don't always pan out, do they? Time is the greatest test. You see, time, over time, over a length of time, you get to find out who's going to be a baller, who's going to be really good, who's going to be really bad. And so over time, you find out who is the real deal in the church house, too. Time is the greatest test. People who have genuine faith should always seek to serve by spirit and power. You see, it's so easy to hear a sermon like this and read a text like what James is writing about. Serve the Lord, do good works, and run out of here and try to do all this stuff on your own strength. And if you do that and you're missing what James is trying to say, you'll miss it. And it'll fizzle out. And you'll be back right back where you started. See, God doesn't need any of us to serve Him. Does He? He's the Lord. He has millions upon millions of angels that are doing stuff that we don't see. Spirit empowerment. What does that mean? Walking in the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. I'll describe it like this. Walking in the Spirit... Is consciously choosing by faith to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us in thought, word, and deed. I'll say it again. Walking in the Spirit is consciously choosing by faith to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide in thought, word, and deed. Are you walking in the Spirit? Are you relying on the Lord inside of you? Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who is at work in you. Who's at work? Yourself? No. God is at work in you, both to will and to work. This is the Bible. Philippians 2, verse thirteen. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So the key is surrendering and letting the Lord lead you day by day. Walking with God. Is this a picture of your life? Most of the American believers have not tapped into 1%, I believe, of the power within because we are so infatuated by what we can do on our own effort. And we will never experience what God can do if we're always blinded by what we can do. You know, when Jesus gave the Great Commission to Matthew 28, go make disciples of all nations. Go into all, we looked at it a few weeks ago, ethnic groups. every people group. Make disciples. He didn't say, go make disciples. And by the way, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Work hard. No. What did he say? He gave us a secret formula right at the end of it. He said, and lo, I am with you. Always. Even to the end. That's the secret. He's with you. The Lord told the disciples, it's better for me if I go away so that I can send the help her. Who all has seen the movie Space Jam? Some people. Okay, if you have not seen the movie, it's okay. I'm going to ruin the movie for you if you haven't watched it. Great, great film. Basically, it's a cartoon film where it has Michael Jordan in it. And the last game of the movie, at halftime, the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan are getting beat 66 to 18 at halftime. And Michael gives this great speech. Porky the Pig, this is what propelled the speech. Porky, he said, maybe we should just forfeit the game. And Michael Jordan rose up. He said, guys, I didn't come all this way. to get beaten by a bunch of monsters. He said, The problem is you get pushed around. You need to fight back. You need to get in their face. Michael gives this amazing speech. Now, if Michael Jordan gave me a speech, I'm going to be fired up. But the Looney Tunes all fell asleep. They all fell asleep. Michael Jordan's giving them a speech. Well, Buck's Bunny was in the background filling up a, a water bottle with water. And he labels it Michael's secret stuff. And so Bugs, after Michael gives his speech, he was very discouraged because no, everyone fell asleep. He said, Michael, you didn't tell them all, everything. Michael said, what are you talking about? Bugs Buddy, he said, you forgot to tell them about your secret stuff. So the Looney Tunes, they woke up and said, Michael, you've been holding out on this. They all drink the secret stuff. Daffy Duck says, this goes against everything that I was taught in health class. And they go out, and they come back, and they win the game. The last shot, Michael Jordan's famous. He jumps from the free throw line and and slams it. And by the way, nobody's like Mike, even though they try to be. Nobody's like Mike. You see the secret stuff that they drank? That didn't make a difference. What made a difference? They started believing that they had it in them. It was already inside of them. It was already there. They just had to believe. And I believe that's who we are as American believers. We already have the spirit of Almighty God living inside of us. But we don't believe it. We don't activate that power because we... Our faith is so much in ourselves. That's not all the Lord had in mind when he said, go and make disciples. Paul called the reality, the reality of the Spirit inside us a great mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus wishes to live his life through us. When we experience this, we experience the abundant life in Christ. Have Have you ever felt that before? That peace that surpasses, that supernatural power. Have you ever said words that afterwards you thought, God said that, I had nothing to do with it? Have you ever been there? During your week when God just orchestrates something and there's no way to explain it except for the Lord. And if you try telling your friends, they'll think you're a fruitcake. They'll think, the church a little too long, right? Do you know about God's secret stuff, the Holy Spirit? Have you experienced it? The word for helper that Jesus used, parakletos, it means intercessor, consoler, advocate, comforter, encourager. I have an illustration I'd like to share quickly. It's really kind of cheesy, so you're just gonna have to. This is a glove, see it? Now this glove was designed To work. Okay, it was created with that in mind. To to work. To be able to pick up stuff and hammer stuff and chop firewood. Now, if we put this glove here and say, okay, glove, go to work, what's going to happen? Nothing. Glove, go do something productive with your life. Nothing's going to happen. Well, maybe we say, well, this glove, it needs some fellowship. Let's give this glove some fellowship. Here's another glove. A little more frou-frou. My wife's, not mine. This glove needs some fellowship. Here, let's let's give some multicultural fellowship. Okay? Now, glove, go to work. Nothing. Why? Because this glove was designed to have a hand inside of it. And many of us try to serve the Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. We're just like this glove. Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. And he meant that when he said it. But if you put a hand inside this glove, you can do lots of things. But the power comes from the hand. That's what the Spirit is inside of us. And many times, the Spirit in us is trying to go this direction, and we're trying to go the other. And that's why some people today, Christians in the house, and your life is so miserable, is because you're trying to go one direction, and the Lord inside of you wants you to go in a different direction. We try to run from people that are broken, and the least of these, and the Lord's saying, hey, give a word of encouragement to that person. Hey, stop telling people just to be filled and buy them some food. And it's not just those guys. It's every aspect of the Christian life. Third truth I'd like to share from this passage. Words apart from faith and spirit empowerment are unsustainable. Works apart from faith and spirit empowerment are unsustainable. How many efforts and missions, mission trips started out only to fizzle out right after they began I have seen churches spend thousands upon thousands of dollars I'm talking a lot of moolah to go for one week to the other side of the world to serve but it's all just social gospel stuff it's all these good works which we should do good works but we must do them in Jesus' name. We must also be sharing the gospel. This is why we do good works, is because of Christ. Because eternity is a lot more important. Now understand, you've got to feed a man if you're starving before he can share the gospel. So that's not what I'm saying. Don't feed him first. But there's a healthy balance that has to take place. And any look at Hollywood, for example. How many things and probably many people in Hollywood have started only to fizzle out? And time is the true test. It's easy to walk out of here today motivated to go serve. I want to encourage you to slow down walk by the Spirit. As God gives you opportunity, He gives you peace to go forward. Serve, and don't serve for man or woman. Serve for the Lord, unto the Lord. If we walk in the Spirit, let God lead us As an individual We'll see great mighty things this week You see in the New Testament The book of Acts You didn't see a ton of programs By the early church For people to serve What did they do? Well They prayed And then they divided up And they went out And they conquered They went out sharing the gospels They went into the workplace Into the market Into the home And them as individuals We're serving. They were serving the community. They were serving one another. They were serving the Lord. See, if we all together, if if all, I don't know how many people are in here, 250, 300 people, if we started walking down Main Street together, number one, we're going to terrify a bunch of people. And number two, we're really not going to be able to do that much together. But if we divide up this week and go different places, we can cover a lot of states. We can even cover a lot of countries. We can cover a lot of square miles taking the light of the gospel into the darkness. So the true question today is, are you born again? The second question is, are you walking in the Spirit? I say it like this to think more about walking because it's so tied to being dependent upon Christ. Faith is, is the special ingredient needed to activate in our consciousness of the reality of Christ in us. So James is saying faith, real faith, has feet to it. Real faith serves. Real faith cares about people. Real faith pursues the Lord. So the key to the Christian life is resting in Christ, letting him do the work. Last truth I'll share. Faith apart from works is dead. And works apart from faith Is dead That's the last verse we read in Chapter 2 verse 26 For as the body apart from spirit is dead So also faith apart from works is dead So genuine faith produces good works Good works apart from genuine faith Is vanity It's pointless It may help somebody on one day But it's really not going to help them Over a long period of time John Calvin says a great quote It is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies is never alone. Faith is obeying God in spite of the consequences. James gives basically two illustrations. First, he shares about Abraham. In Genesis 22, offering of Isaac. John MacArthur says Isaac was probably at least 20 years old. You know, we see in the Sunday school coloring book, little kid. Most scholars would say he was you know, at least 15, 20. We don't really know for certain. Some scholars say he was 30. And so Isaac was a man. He was strong enough to resist Abraham. but he also willingly went. That's faith. That was a lot of faith by Abraham and Isaac to go to that mountain. And they went three days' journey. They had a donkey and two men. They said, you guys stay at the bottom And Abraham said something fascinating. He said, We will come back to you. Why? Because he had a whole lot of faith. You see, he knew that God had said, God had spoken, that the Lord would bless the nations through his son. That is a lot of faith. Faith is believing in spite of the consequences, it's not believing in spite of evidence. That's a myth. And then in verse 14, of chapter 22, Genesis, Abraham's name, the place. The Lord will provide. The Lord will see. Abraham's a type of God, the father, and Isaac is a type of Christ, the son. It's a picture of the gospel. It's a lot of faith. Do you have that kind of faith? Rahab is another illustration James uses. She was a prostitute. She was a Gentile. She risked her life to hide the spies, To save God's people, to help God's people. And her actions verify her faith. Her faith caused her to actually do some things that were uncomfortable and it really risked her life. So somewhere in there, she came to have faith in God. She becomes the wife of Obed, the mother of Boaz. And Rahab is mentioned in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Christ. Prostitute, Gentile prostitute. So what are we going to do for the Lord? That's the question. We can just go through the motions and do this Christian thing, but our nation is lost. The people of the Gulf Coast are lost. They need Christ, they need love. If you're here today and you say, you know, I'm so bitter because i have Christians have been mean to me my whole life. Friend, I want to tell you something. You haven't been around the right kind of Christian. You haven't been around people that truly are saved. And and also, I want to apologize on behalf of the church if anyone's ever done you wrong. And, And I'm apologizing for people that have heretical churches. Anybody that claims to be Christ. Claims Christ, but acts like a fool. We want to say as our church here, we're sorry. From the the bottom of our heart, we apologize. That anyone that claims Christ would treat you unkind. Because that's not Christ. That's not Christ's character. The Lord loves people. No matter what, no matter how broken you are, how sinful you are, Christ loves you. Today He wants you to come home you to be restored in your fellowship with Him. Hebrews chapter 11. I'd like you to turn there. Actually, if you go back a few pages, not very far, depending on the print of your Bible, will determine how many pages you go back. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen for by it the people of old received their commendations by faith you understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible and by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than came through which he was commended as righteous God commended him by accepting his gifts and through his faith though he died he still speaks by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, he built the ark. Verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place and he was received as an inheritance. And you can keep going on and on and on. People that love the Lord, their faith moves them into action. People that claim to be a Christian, but never serve, never tithe, never love people, never get on board, they're not believers.
1: Now only God knows somebody's
0: heart. But I believe today the invitation is for every single person here to join God in his global redemption plan, to join him in his kingdom work. If you go to Israel today, you'll find a marble sculpture, and it's got a New Testament church that they turned a a false temple into a church. It has the marble columns, and at the bottom of it, it's got wheels on it that wills, very symbolic, that the church should be on the move, the kingdom of God should be on the move, and friend, I want to tell you, it is, I hear about it every week, I hear about people in our church, people have a need, and our church members will flock to that need, I I hear about people, when one husband goes out of town, uh, and the the kids are sick, and things are happening, God's people mobilize and engage and come to the rescue It's a privilege for me as a pastor I get to hear about all this stuff So I want you to be encouraged God is doing all kinds of stuff that we cannot see Kingdom of God is on the move Does that involve you today? Maybe today you found your identity And your satisfaction in your works And if that's the case Then that's not true faith either we need to repent of that. I say, Lord, I apologize that my identity has become what I've been wrapped up in, what I can do for you rather than what you did for me on the cross. So today, you respond as God leads. If you don't know Christ, the invitation is open. You come to Christ. If you don't know what to say or what to pray, we'd love to pray with you to help you, lead you to Jesus. Let's pray.